The amount of times that I've recorded this intro to this podcast and it's just come out wrong because I am so angry. I am so angry. I am so angry. And it's just, it's just not coming out right. I cannot believe, I can't believe that America has reversed the right to abortion. Like, can we just, like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? How has this happened? How is this happening in today's society? How are we going backwards? Well, do you want to know the thing that I just, I just cannot, I just cannot for the life of me comprehend? Is how all these people are like, oh yeah, I'm pro-choice. No, not pro-choice. How all these people are like, I'm pro-life. But in being pro-life, you totally disregard the life of the woman bearing the child. Like, like you, you're not, you're not pro-life. You value the life of an unborn thing more than a real person. Oh, and also, it's the audacity to think that you have more say over someone else's life than they do themselves. How is this happening in today's society? How is this something that has passed through law? Like, How has this got through the Supreme Court? What type of message is this sending? What type of message is this sending to the women of America? That we totally disregard your opinion of your own body. We totally, fundamentally do not give you the right to have control over your anatomy. And that is terrifying. Because the truth is, they're not... They're not, relo- they're not removing abortion. They're not taking abortion away. What you're taking away is safe abortion. Because do you know who's going to affect this most... It's the women who can't afford to leave their state. It's the women who don't have the privilege to be able to go and get private health care. It's the women who don't find out in time and cannot find the means necessary to get to where they need to go to get it sorted. And that breaks my heart. When I think of the people that I know that have had abortions and I just think, fucking hell. If you'd have had a child, your life, our lives, everyone's... It's just like it's the thought that if I was in America right now and I got pregnant, I would have no choice over the rest of my life. And that really, really terrifies me. It terrifies me that a country so big as America that this has passed. And you imagine America to be like, you'd say forward thinking, absolutely fucking not. The fact that a woman's uterus is more controlled than gun laws. Can we just... The fact that you can go in and buy a gun anyway, you can do whatever you want to a gun because it's, I don't know, whatever amendment it is, but no, God help you if you want to have actual control over your life, absolutely not. Anyway, I feel like this was um, probably a little bit of an angry start to the podcast and I apologise, but I'm just not going to be able to sit here and pretend like everything's absolutely fine when women's rights in a continent that is huge and has major influence over the entire world is taking the massive biggest fucking step back. And it just makes me terrified because it makes you realise how much the government can control you. It's just proper handmaid's tale shit, this. It's properly like, what? What? This is even up for debate. And I just watched a video of this lady being like, we have tried so hard to get this through. And I'm like, you're a woman. And you're standing for this. Because I do not understand how you can be 
pro-life and against choice. If you don't want to have an abortion, that is absolutely fine. Don't have one. But you do not get to have the say over every other woman in the country, okay? It is a personal choice based on personal decisions, based on your personal situation. You're telling me if a woman has four kids and she physically is really, she is struggling for money. She is on her own. She cannot work any more hours underneath the sun and she does not have enough money to feed another child. But it is better for her to have that child that she has accidentally got pregnant with and risk, and the rest of the children will starve because now she has to feed that extra child. I'm sorry, but I just, anyway, anyway. Gonna move on to the next part of the podcast because this is a terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But this is your reminder to go familiarize yourself with what is going on. If you are a woman, get on birth control, get on anything, get on some form of protection the ID, the pill, implant, coil, get on something because you need to know your rights. Because right now, a time is a very scary place to live in, and you need to know what you can and can't do. Get on birth control buy a lot of pregnancy tests and get used to taking them every four weeks because now in America time is not your friend okay you if you find out you're pregnant you need to act fast you need to act ridiculously fast you need to be on top of it now which is another thing that is terrifying because pregnancy tests aren't cheap and now this is another thing that we have to pay for and I don't know how birth control works in America in the UK everything like that is free like the coil and all the birth control um obviously pregnancy tests aren't but you have to be so on top of everything to survive in this world now. Oh, anyway, it, oh, it just makes me really cross. And I'm sure you can probably tell it makes me really fucking fuming to think that someone else has more control over my body than I do. If I got pregnant now, what type of life could I offer that child? I'm living at home. I've barely got my life together. I have not completed what I want to complete yet in life. I have not gone and done everything that I wanted to do yet, I'm not ready to have a child. And I would resent that child because I don't want it yet. I'm not ready to give my life up to it. And that's not fair on them either. The quality of life that they would have is bad. And the fact that I wouldn't be able to make an informed decision in that moment, whether or not this child and it was its right time to happen. Because, oh, anyway... Anyway, we're going to move on. I keep saying we're going to move on, but I'm just so angry about it and I couldn't just let it go unsaid. I didn't want this podcast because this podcast is going to come out tomorrow and it's the height of everything that is happening. I didn't want it to just look like I was ignoring the massive fucking elephant in the room. So this is a reminder that if you are in America, get clued up on your rights. Get clued up. Understand what is going on. Research. You cannot hide from this and you cannot put your head in the sand. You need to be so aware of what is happening. Make sure you're on birth control, wear condoms every time you have sex, because sometimes birth control can fail. (sighs) Makes me scared, very scared to be a woman in this time. It's terrifying, the steps back that we're taking. Okay, I'm going to have a drink and a deep breath, and then we'll move on. Right. Well, welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail, guys, if you can't tell. I just I can't even get this anger away from me no we're gonna move on because this is not the topic of this week's podcast I just had to say something because it is I I I just can't explain the anger that I feel about this right now it's a fundamental human right that's been taken away the control of your own anatomy and that makes me so upset so upset but anyway moving on 
Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host, Bella, and <laughs> we're here for another week of the podcast. I am in a good mood. Apart from what's going on, it has been a good week, and I'm going to focus on that now. So, let's do a little life update. Let's do a little recap. I, It's been a big week. It's been a very big week this week, to be honest. I didn't realise how many things would come into fruition. I never know if I'm saying fruition right. Fruition or fruition? Definitely fruition. Definitely fruition. It has been, apart from the obvious catastrophe, which is the abortion law being switched over in America, it has been a good week. It has been a good week. I did so many lovely things this week. I don't know if you saw my Instagram stories, but I'm trying to make each day feel more like a holiday. Because my boyfriend has been in Manchester and he stayed there for quite a lot longer than normal, I haven't seen him for a month, I think. I haven't seen him the entire month of June, which is pretty crazy. Um, But it's meant that I've had so much more free time, which meant that I have been a little bit more bored. And I feel like it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone, which meant that I've been a lot more bored. And I'm starting to realise how important it is to let yourself be bored. Because part of me was like, oh, I could go hang out with people. I could go like message some of my friends that are here and stuff like that. But... I just didn't fancy it because I've been so tired at the moment. It kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on. Sometimes when I'm traveling a lot to like Manchester and London with my job and it's just like a lot going on, it feels really hard to just have a moment where it's peaceful. But recently I have had so many of those peaceful moments that I've started getting bored, but it's made me think outside the box. And I think that's what made me start making TikTok videos because I was bored and I had these thoughts flying around my head and often I have these like things I want to chat about, but it's not really a 40 minute long episode, if that makes sense. It's more of like a two minute little snapshot and that's why tiktok videos are so good and that's why i really enjoy creating them and i feel like it forces me into a different way of thinking about things which i'm grateful for and it's making me think outside the box so i'm really grateful for that but it's been a great distraction whilst i have had more time to myself so this is your reminder that if you don't have people that you want to hang out with or if you're feeling overwhelmed with everything let yourself get bored get bored it is so important to start feeling bored because once you start feeling bored you become so much more inventive with your time and you find out so many more things about yourself and you spend time doing things that you really enjoy i realized oh my feet oh guys i've made a massive fuck up you know the dot martin sandals that i spoke about last week i'm a fucking idiot i'm so stupid so i went last night i needed to go to town to sort out a load of stuff um to sort out my bag that I need to return and some other little bits and bobs. I need to get out some new library books on my feet. And I wore the Doc Martin sandals and it is worse than ever before. My feet were bleeding. Like, they are, they are bleeding. Bleeding, bleeding. And you know on the back of your heels when you cut that part, I like the Achilles heel part, and it can't heal because it keeps opening? Yeah, it's a disaster. An absolute fucking disaster. And now mum has said I have to wear Crocs all day. I refuse. I refuse. Not that I don't like the Crocs. I do like a Croc, but not today. It does not go with my outfit, and Scarborough is very busy, and I have to go into town. Oh, and they're so sore, and now I can't move. It's worse than last time. Because last time it was just on my ankles, so it wasn't too bad. But now it's on the backs of my feet. It just keeps bleeding and opening, which is really disgusting, and it's going kind of gunky. And I'm just like, why did I do it? Why did I walk into town in the sandals that I knew were going to be really painful? I even wore plasters as a, as a preemptive measure and that didn't even work. <sighs> but we move. But back to what I was saying, let yourself get bored because then you start inventing yourself to do new different things. Like I started to realise I don't actually enjoy watching TV on my own. I genuinely don't enjoy it. And I think that is because of my phone. 
I find it really hard to sit and watch a TV programme, which I know is really bad. I find it really hard to just sit and watch it without going on my phone. I get a bit bored and I always just end up scrolling. And then I'm like, what's the point of this? And I think that's why I've started to really like reading more because I have to fully concentrate. You can't scroll and read. There's no way you can do that unless you are the most talented person in the history of talented people. But I think that's why I recently really got into reading. So that's been a good thing that I found that I really enjoy. Other things that I've done this week, as I said, I'm trying to keep each day like a holiday. I swam in the sea for the first time, which was so, hmm, I was going to say so exciting. It was exciting and I did enjoy it. It felt like a good thing to push myself to do. I have realised I'm irrationally scared of fish in the sea and everyone is going to laugh. But when I get in the sea and it's deep and I start thinking about things swimming underneath me, it properly freaks me out. It properly, properly freaks me out. Which is weird, because I don't know why. It's like I see them moving, and I think, oh, that's nice, that's nice. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, fucking hell, there's a fish in here. Like, it could do some damage. I mean, but realistically, what do I think it could do? It's a cod, okay? Not that I've even seen a cod in Scarborough Bay. I haven't seen anything. (laughs) But I was just swimming along, and I was like, mum, this is terrifying. And I was squealing like a child. And she was having to coax me along like an actual five-year-old. And I did not realise how many people were around us. Oh, it was so embarrassing. Because I was making noise like, oh my god, mum, 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 this is terrifying, this is horrible. Because kelp, you know, massive big bits of seaweed kept floating along or touching my leg. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And she was like, come on, Bella, you can do it. Keep swimming, keep swimming. And then I got out and I realised there was like a family sat really nearby who heard everything. But as soon as I kicked a massive rock, all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm out. I'm out of this. I think I found it scarier because I have been in those rock pools and I've searched like the massive crabs and moved everything like I've seen in the rock pools what there is but it's not like the crab would do anything to me I don't know what it is it's totally irrational I'm gonna really have to get over this when I go to Bali what am I gonna do when I see a real issue when I see a real shark cry you can't cry underwater you'll drown no you won't that was such a stupid thing to say (laughs) oh oh it makes me oh no I think maybe I'd find it better because I'm not even going to overthink it we're just going to move on from that concept I've realized I'm going to have to get over my fear of deep water because I want to dive how's that going to work what what's going to happen there anyway moving on other things that have happened that are exciting this week (gasps) I did the best powerpoint I have ever done in my entire life which sounds small but I had this massive demo thing for my work and I had to present to all of these people and like my cohort and my managers my teachers and I was shitting myself I was so nervous which I know maybe it sounds silly that I find presenting really stressful because I know I have a podcast and I talk quite a lot on camera and things like that so it would make it be like oh you should be really good like you shouldn't get nervous about talking in front of people scares the shit out of me it scares the shit out of me and I know once I do it I'm good at doing it and I can do it it's just beforehand and I manifested the worst possible position the day before I was like you know what I would really like to be in the perfect middle the absolute middle and no one remembers you because you're not at the start and no one remembers you because you're not at the end and guess what I got the absolute perfect middle position. But that meant I have to sit through like 10 people's presentations just getting more and more nervous and more feeling of sick and anxiety and the stress. I don't think there's a part of me that will ever not find presentations scary. 
Like, imagine if we get to the stage where, like, the podcast is massive, which would be so exciting. But I'd have to, like, speak to a lot of people. I'm going to have to get it over it then. Maybe I'd find that less stressful because I'd be talking about different things. But I find it very intimidating. I can't lie. But I did it and I was really proud of myself and it went really, really well. Although, my teacher said in a thing about it and it kind of made me realise how much I focus on the negative thing. The feedback that I got was really good feedback and they were really impressed with what I'd done. And all I could think about was how one of my teachers had said that I'd over-practised. And, oh no, he didn't even say that I'd over-practised. He was like, it sounded good, a little bit too good. And I was like, what did he mean by that? And that is all I've been thinking about for the past two days. I nearly started crying. I was like, a little bit too good. Like, what what were you trying to infer, like, by that? And he didn't mean it like, and like, it was like, a little bit too good. Like, kind of like, mmm as if I was cheating, and I was like, wasn't cheating, I've spent days working on this, like, week, I have spent since, I've spent a week reciting this presentation and getting ready for it, and trying really, really hard with it, because I know that I get really nervous about them, I know one of the way I can kind of combat my nerves is by thinking, by really getting prepared for it, so that nothing can go wrong, so I feel confidence, and I don't know, that just made me feel really upset, really really upset and I was just like oh that's a real shame because I tried really hard with that and it didn't go to plan but why that is the thing that's in my mind I don't even know and why that's the thing I'm focusing on because the rest of the comments were so happy and great and they were like oh you did amazing and the managers even mentioned my name and like it was really really good but the only thing I focused on when I went downstairs and mum and dad asked how it was they were like oh I was like yeah it went really well they were really impressed with me but this and then we had a full-on conversation about why we thought he said that and everything so I need to take my own advice about not trying to focus on the negative and I think I'm not I am it's hard not to have a feeling about something isn't it like as much as in this self-growth like focusing on the good mindset I think sometimes you just have to be aware that right now you are focusing on the bad and it's all right to feel a little bit sad but you'll move on soon you can't force yourself to feel happy about something you can't force yourself. But when I do feel sad, when I started realising I was focusing on the bad of something, I was like, no, you did really well. It's all right to feel upset about it. And that comment affected you. It is okay. I'm not saying that you always have to be ultra positive all the time, but also argue against that feeling, realise how well you did. And that is a thing you should be focusing on. So that's been a good little life lesson that I've learned. I suddenly had a paranoia that I hadn't pressed record. That was so stressful. Other exciting things. Oh my god. Oh my god. How can I have not even mentioned this yet? Guess what happened this week? I have a cousin who's the exact same age as me. Give or take a few months. Give or take a few months. We have taken totally different life paths, which I always find really interesting when, like, you know, when someone's the same age as you and you're kind of watching, it must be interesting for my grandparents to watch us kind of like go down two totally separate roads. He's gone down the much more adulty routes. He has his own house. He has a mortgage. He has a dog. He has a serious relationship. He has a job. Like, do you know what I mean? And I am at home, living with my parents, working from home, doing the internship, which is still pretty cool. I think that's kind of adulting. I'm going travelling. Then I'm doing some more education. Like, I am not settled in the slightest, and he is very settled. And it's just been a bit mental to think like this week he got engaged engaged 
like how that that is incredibly exciting for them I'm not saying it like that I'm very very happy for them because I know this is exactly what they wanted and that they're really really that that is incredible but it just made me think like wow we're on such different life paths and it makes you realize how many different options there are for people your own age that not everyone is doing what you're doing and it's so okay to be at different life points I was the one I remember my always saying to me that when I was maybe like 13, 14, I said to mum, I was like, I want to get married when I'm 22. I want to have kids really young. I don't want to be an old parent. For some God knows reason, I thought mum was an old parent. I was such a little dick. Imagine saying that to your mum. Well, I did, and I am very sorry, mum, but we move. Um, and I just, what was I thinking? Because now I am 21. The thought of getting married now makes me feel nauseous. I, I can't imagine agreeing to something that massive right now. And having children in two years, it's just absolutely not what I want to do because I haven't done everything for me yet. I'm not ready for that. I feel f- way too immature to be able to look after another kid's life. Way too immature to... And I don't... I'm not in the right place for it yet. And it just makes you realise how... Like, they obviously are. And that's so impressive. It's so impressive. I don't know, it's just mental, isn't it, how all of a sudden I feel like once you hit your 20s, everyone's life starts dispersing in a different way. All of my life, like, when you're in school, and even kind of at uni, because the classic, like, English pathway, UK path is you go into university. I don't know how it is in other countries, but it's kind of like the expected thing that you do. It shouldn't be the expected thing that you do because university is not for everyone and there are so many great other options out there, apprenticeships, internships, jobs, It really shouldn't be the expected thing, but it kind of is the expected thing. And so until you finish uni, you're all kind of on the same life plan. You're kind of doing the same thing. And I don't know, it's a bit mental once you start all dispersing and you start seeing how many different people are on different paths. Like another one of us, someone who's a bit younger than me just got engaged and they're having a baby. And it's like, how do you feel ready for that? Because I cannot comprehend feeling ready for that right now, but... I guess that's why I'm not doing it. And it's exciting for them to be able to do that. And I think growing up is realising that it's okay for you all to be at different stages. That there is not a set stage. For so long, for for so many years of our life, I think because we're put in this school education system that we're all in batches of age groups and we're all meant to be at the exact same point. We're conditioned to think that people of the same age are meant to be at exactly the same life point. And we're really not. We are really, really not. And the more and more... The older I get and the more mature I get, the real, the more I realise how different this is. We're not all meant to be at the same life point, at the same different path. We are all on so many different paths and there is beauty in that. But I think it's sad that we are conditioned in a way to think we're all meant to be at the same point. And it's sad that comparison really is the thief of all joy because... You start comparing yourself to people that are at different points in you and thinking that that's where you should be or that you should be doing more than you actually are or did I regret something or do I did I make the right decision doing what I did and it's okay to feel overwhelmed by all of that because for so many years of your life you were expected to all be at the exact same stage. We were all meant to be at the same stage educationally. We were all meant to be at the same stage maturity-wise. We were meant to have all the same friends in our own years. It... It was all meant to be very in the same in batches. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they mentioned something really interesting. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I just scratched my watch. Oh, that's a dis... Oh, that is a... That's not even a scratch. That's a fucking dent. A proper dent. 
I didn't even hit it that hard. It's fine. Today is still a good day. We move, we move, we move. Um, what was I even saying? As I was saying, I was listening to this podcast yesterday and it was about homeschooling and homeschool education. And I've always been intrigued by homeschooling. I think as long as you get your GCSEs and everything like that, that you need to go on and that's great. I mean, I personally am really glad that I went to school. I think if I'd have been homeschooled, I'm already shy. So I think it pushed me to be more social and more outgoing and a bit more confident. But it was speaking about how the school system was set up in the Victorian ages in the Industrial Revolution to kind of create a workforce of kids in batches. So we were brought in at a certain age and we were made to go to school at the same age as everyone else. And it was batches of children. So at the end of the however many years the schooling system was in there, I'm not sure how long it was, being honest. Let's say it was five. At the end of the five years, you were continually putting out batches of children that were ready to go into the factories to make them ready rather than giving them the freedom to explore however long they wanted to. And I think it is interesting to think that, well, we do all learn at different speeds and we are so much many different immaturities. Like I think about people that I know that massively relate to people that are older. They get on way better than people who are older than them. They just do. They fit in really naturally with that social circle and they find it easier and they find it more enjoying. They find it more enjoyable. And there's also people who get on better with people who are a few years younger than them, that they are not as mature as people their own age group. Or it's same educationally, people who are really smart and get put up a few years, but then people who also struggle a bit more and maybe could have done with a bit of a slower year and a year where it was less intensive and that would have happened in the younger years. And I just think it is weird once you start thinking about all these things that were begun in society so many years ago, like school, for example, or like the education system, or oh, I saw something like the um, the Constitution of America. All of these things that our societies are built on were built on in a time where there were fundamental differences. Children right now are not expected to go and work at factories at the age of 13. Okay, that's that's not okay anymore. And we realise that we realise that that is not what should be happening. And yet we maintain a system that was fundamentally built on this. We're still not allowing children to explore and be children. And we're still so focused on a education system that marks you on your grades and its way of testing when we know now that not everyone tests in the best way. I remember watching, reading a book and it was talking about the flaws of the education system and the way he described it. It's like asking a lion, a fish, a bird and a seahorse to run a race. And of course the fucking lion wins because the lion is best at running. But the fish and the seahorse, they had no chance, but put them in water and they would have thrived. They would have thrived like nothing else. I don't know how fast lions can swim, to be fair, so maybe that was a very bad example. But you see what I'm saying? Everyone has different talents. Everyone is good at very different things. And our education system is based on how good are you at remembering things? How good are you academically? You might be really, you might not be good academically, but put you in a social setting and you can speak to a room of people like no one else. You can speak to people like there's no tomorrow or you're really good at being outdoorsy. You are naturally gifted at walking, at being in the outdoors, at doing more of a physical job. 
you're really gifted at DIY, you're really gifted at putting things together and being creative or being a mechanic or being like this, but our school system doesn't give you the opportunity to even have a taste of those things. It is based on your ability to write and add and do science and do art and we're not exploring all of the different types of potential lives that there are. And I think it's sad because our education system builds up a society that makes you think you're stupid if you're not good at the prerequisite things that you have to be good at. It makes you think that you're really not clever when you might just not be good at that. But you might be incredible, incredible at creating. And I also think it's flawed in how our education system tests everyone. This wasn't meant to be really the topic of today's podcast, but it's kind of just happened organically. So we're just going to keep it as this now. But I think the idea, the concept that the way that we are all tested is by your ability to remember things always really kind of like, it it bothered me because I'm not that good at remembering things, being honest. I find testing really anxiety inducing and I find it really worrying and I don't like it. It makes me feel really stressed. I get really anxious beforehand I put so much pressure on myself. It is not a positive experience in the slightest. It's not. I don't test. I test okay. And I know I've done all right because I've, I, I'm, in, I'm in STEM, which means you have to be all right at testing to be in STEM. But I don't enjoy the experience. And I've never been the best. But then because of COVID, the way that we all got tested was differently. All of a sudden, it was online learning and online tests where you had two days to complete something. But you could look at all your notes. And I thrived. I did the best that I have ever, ever done in those types of exams. Because all of a sudden, I could pull on all my strengths. Because I wasn't good at remembering a predetermined essay. I wasn't good at memorising things. What I was good at was really pulling together different sources and writing a really good article, like an answer and writing an essay and having time to think about things and consolidate my words. And it just makes you realise that I made me realise that I had been using a type of testing that didn't work for me. And similarly, in the opposite way around, I had friends who had done really, really well in the typical way of testing where you went into a hall and you had none of your notes and all of a sudden now they had this extra time and they plummeted because they weren't used to having to write these type of essay-style answers in a more detailed approach. Wouldn't it be great if we could have like multiple different ways you could get an exam? So you could either do this exam online or you could do it in-house. And you can pick the one that you're better at so that you can actually get a fair way of testing everyone based on their natural abilities. I also think it's a very flawed way of testing based on memory, because when in the world are you ever going to be based on your ability to remember things? Never. Like that's that's not realistic ever. Working in a lab, you constantly have access to the internet to research things and to gain a good understanding and to gain a good argument that you're able to put together. You always have time. You're never going to be asked to recite from start to finish this answer. And I just think it's it's interesting when you start questioning things that are fundamental in our society because you realise how much impact... Like, should that be changed now? Because you were set up in a time where our society was totally different and we're not like that anymore. And it's just is interesting to think about. So I guess the point of this podcast is to let you know that it's okay if you're not thriving at something academically, if you're not thriving at school, if you're not thriving at tests, if you're not thriving at it and it doesn't have it doesn't have any impact on who you are because there's something else out there that you're really good at. You just haven't found it yet. 
as I said, like in the last podcast, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's the kind of, it's a thinking from Abraham Hicks and it's the logic that everyone comes here with a reason. Everyone is on this world with a purpose. Everyone is born. When you are born, you're born with a soul that came because it was ready, because it had a purpose to do something. Everyone has a reason why they are here. And it makes me really sad to think that you might think that you have no purpose just because you haven't found what you're good at yet. Because academically and throughout school, you are given such a swimming lane of options, okay? You are not allowed to explore everything and trial everything. And as a society, we're so scared of failure. We're so scared of not being good at something. We are only rewarded when we are the best at something. It's not okay just to enjoy it. And that makes me really sad because you could go through this entire lifetime thinking that you don't have a purpose just because you haven't had the ability to find it. Just because you haven't given yourself the option to have a go at everything. It's weird to think about. So what can you do if you don't think you're good at anything? If you don't think you're thriving at school, if you haven't found the thing that you're yet best at, I think you need to be less scared of trying new things. You need to be less afraid of failure. All of my life I've been so scared of failing. For me, it had to be like, I had to be great at something or I couldn't do it at all. And this podcast really challenged that. Because there was a period of it where I literally had two listeners. And I think, oh, it was such a bad week for the podcast. I remember recording an episode and I had two epi- two people had listened. And I went to mum and I was like, have you listened to my podcast this week? She was like, yes, I really liked it. It was a great episode. And I was like, great. And I spoke to my boyfriends and I was like, oh, have you listened to my podcast this week? And he was like, oh yeah, I liked it. It was a good one. And I was like, shit. The only people that have listened to my podcast this week are my mum or my boyfriend. Like, what, why should I even carry on with this? And even though it wasn't the most successful thing and I didn't, it wasn't going anywhere, I just enjoyed making it. I enjoyed creating it and now I have got more listeners. I'm really glad that I stuck with that because I think it's important to listen to yourself when you are enjoying something. It shouldn't be based off your success. When you're in line with what you're actually meant to be doing in life, when you're in line with where you're meant to be going, sometimes you're not going to get that feedback that, yes, you're doing what you should be doing through success. Sometimes you're not going to get loads of followers and you're not going to get, I don't know, I'm using loads of followers for the example because that's what kind of makes sense with the podcast, but sometimes you're not going to get A's, A stars straight away. Sometimes you are going to have to put in the work and just continue it, but you're doing it because it makes you happy. And I think it's important to... Listen to the feeling of how something makes you feel. Listen to the feeling of how something makes you feel. Does that some, does that make sense? Listen to how something makes you feel. And if it makes you happy, then that is good enough. You don't have to have another reason for doing it. You don't have to be hyper successful with it. You can just see where it goes. Because normally, if it is in alignment with what you're meant to be doing, then it will become successful in its own time. And now I can see looking back on why that why why this didn't work out so many months ago because I've been doing it for a year now and why it didn't work out at the start I was just finding my feet with it all I was just finding my feet with myself I didn't know what I wanted to talk about yet I didn't know how to talk about things I hadn't explored who I was I was still I was in a bit of a fight or flight mode I didn't really know what was going on and I was using this as a bit of like a seeing as a way of touching base and I think you can tell when you listen to the podcast now compared to my initial podcasts I'm a lot more able, to, I'm, I'm way, I'm a lot better at discussing how I feel about something. I'm a lot better at articulating my thoughts. And I think that's why it didn't work then, because sometimes you have to put in the effort before it gets to where you're meant to be. And that's okay. So this is your reminder that if you haven't found out what you're good at yet, then get okay with failing at something and start trying new things and not being great at things straight away. Because sometimes the things that you're not great at, but they give you the most joy, they're what you're meant to be doing. 
they're what you're good at and that's exciting and the success and everything associated with that, if it makes you happy, then it will come. And also, even if the success doesn't happen, as long as it makes you happy, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. I started to think this recently when I've been going, whenever I used to do something, I kind of stopped and started a bit there, I'm sorry, but whenever I used to do something, I used to think I had to be great at it. I used to think I had to be the best. I had to, if I was going running, I had to run start to finish and it had to be really fast and I had to beat my last time and I used to make it really competitive with myself. But now I'm realising more and more that it doesn't have to be like that. When I go for a run and I want to walk, then I walk for 10 steps and then I'll start running again or I'll dance for a bit or I'll sing or I'll do something because the point is I am running and that's what's great okay I don't have to be the best at it and I am allowed to stop start the point is that I chose to start running and that's exciting that's what I wanted to do and that's what I should be proud of when you hold yourself to these really high expectations of being perfect to everything, you stop yourself trying new things and you don't let yourself get better at something. You expect yourself to be the best at it at the very beginning and that's so wrong. I was so bad at the beginning of this podcast, making TikToks and Reels, like the content I produced, I haven't deleted it from my very first TikToks because I think it's so interesting to see the growth to see where I've got to, to see how my page has changed, to see how I have changed. Oh no, that was another bang of the watch. Definitely a dent, not even checking, it'll distract me. Same with running, I was really bad at the start and now whenever I run, each run I'm getting a bit better and a bit better but the point is I'm doing it and that's what's great and it's exciting to get better at something but it's okay if you don't get better and you just enjoy it. I don't know, I think it's really, really important to get good with failing. It's really, really important to get good with trying new things. I think our education system and everything limits you so much in what you can try. It's so important to push yourself and to try other things, to find things that make you happy. And when you find something that makes you happy, stick with it. It doesn't matter if you're the best at it. It doesn't matter if you're the worst at it. It doesn't matter how good you are at something. Just do it and stick with it. Because success doesn't come from just luck and natural talent. As much as people think it does, it doesn't. Success comes 95% from fucking commitment. Sticking to it and getting good at something. I've stuck with this. And now I'm so much proud of my own way to articulate how I feel. And it's really helped me in so many more other elements of my life. It's helped me with the presentation. It's helped me in how I speak to people. It's made me more reflective of my own actions. Because when I have to sit here and I have to do this each week, I kind of reflect on what's happened in the week and I reflect on where I want to go. And it makes me realise things. I hadn't really properly spoken or thought about the education system and how much that limits you and how important it is to find things that you're good at, but also not naturally talented at. I hadn't thought about these. I don't plan these podcast episodes. There was no plan to this. It's just me thinking and talking aloud. And I think that's from commitment to sticking at it. Sticking at it when it wasn't that fun and I wasn't that great and I didn't have many listeners and it was just all like, okay. So I guess the thing I'm leaving you with this podcast episode is Find that thing you want to do. Find what you want to do and stick with it. And don't give up. It's so easy to give up when you're bad at something because you don't get the reward of being instantly gratified. You don't get that instant satisfaction, that instant gratification from it. But you need to stick with it if you want that. But you need to stick with it because I promise you, the joy that you get from finally achieving something you've worked so much harder on is so so much better oh I just moved oh I forgot I was wearing makeup because I don't normally wear makeup and I just you know when you put your head in your hands and like I was giving myself a little temple massage and oh there is glitter everywhere we move right 
I feel like that rounds off the end of the podcast episode, which is exciting. I really enjoyed chatting about that, actually. That was interesting. I feel like the thing you should take away from this is if you try something new and you enjoy it, stick with it. You don't have to be the best at it. Just stick with it and something will come from it. And even if it doesn't come from it, the fact that it makes you happy is enough. That is enough of the reason. So please don't give up. Thank you. Okay, let's get to the final part of the podcast episode. The final section, which is always a new things I've done or tried this week. Okay, first new thing, crochet. Why did I say it like that? Crochet, crochet, crochet. I want to learn how to crochet really fucking badly. I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's episode, but I want to be able to make my own tops. The main motivation is I want to make one of those water bottle holders. You know, one of the things I've seen people wearing them and I wanted to buy one, 30 pounds. I'm not paying that. I refuse to pay that, but I will make one boy is this a challenge. I had no idea how hard crocheting was. I have so a newfound admiration for people who can crochet. A newfound admiration. It is incredible. We're getting there. Last week I perfected the first element of crocheting. Yesterday night I got further than I ever have done and then I fucked it. So I'm starting again tonight. I guess this is the other thing. If something brings you joy, don't give up. And this is really challenging me because I want to give up so badly, but I'm not. I refuse to give up. I am making myself a water bottle holder. Whether it is the last thing I do, I am determined. I'm very determined. Sadly, the colours wall that I have is very ugly and it's not very pretty. And so if I do make one, I'm not even sure I would wear it, but I'm sticking with it. I'm not giving up yet. I refuse to give up on this. Other exciting new things that I've tried this week. I read a book this week, which I actually loved I loved I haven't read a book that has had that much impact on me in a while and the funny part of it was I didn't enjoy it at the start I really really hated it I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram story but it's called my little mess of life my life is a bit of a mess or something like that it's by Georgia Pratchett and I'll link it in the show notes because it's brilliant for anyone that has anxiety or for anyone that wants to understand how an anxious mind works it's so insightful and I love the way that it was written it's written in tiny vignettes from her very first early memories until the place she's at now and a vignette is a tiny little story from her mind from her mind a tiny little memory from her childhood or her past and each one kind of links together and you get to know more and more about her from each thing it's kind of like getting a snapshot into her life but the way she explains things and the narration throughout it is so witty it's so clever and funny and just I don't know I want to read you my favorite one from it my phone is going to hate this because I'm going to have to change the angle that I'm reading at because I have to read it off my phone because this is where I took the photo. But let me find it. I was excited to write for Joe Brand. She's hilarious, wise and a truly good human being. And it was also my first time writing for a female performer. I'd written from the perspective of a lot of men and I was excited to write jokes about life from a female point of view. I noticed that within a few seconds of coming on stage, Joe would make a comment about her appearance or her weight. For example, I must be an anorexic because an anorexic looks in the mirror and sees a fat person. I felt that she had covered the whole weight appearance thing and maybe I'd write jokes about her for other things. But I was told that if I didn't mention her weight or her appearance in the first few seconds, someone would shout something abusive at her and it was better to preempt that because being publicly humiliated is not a good way to start an act. It wasn't just an audience members. Critics were as bad. Gary Bushell in The Sun described her as a hideous old boiler in print in a national newspaper. 
And so my first experience of writing for a woman was to write jokes about how fat she was. And I feel like you can really tell the voice of the author. You can really hear it coming so strongly throughout. And that's the same for every tiny vignette that she describes. And I found it particularly interesting because of the career that she's had. She was a comedian, she was a screenwriter, specifically in comedy, as a woman in the 19, I think she began her career in the 1990s. I mean, she's done some incredible things. She's written for the, I think she wrote, she did done well with Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and really like, she has been with some very, very famous people, Miranda Hart, Joe Brand, as I just said there. She's written for some incredible names and It's interesting to hear her story through dealing with that because despite having a very humorous tone and a very kind of chatty and you can really sense her saying this all, she talks about, she touches on things that are really serious, like the sexism she experienced in the workplace. One of the vignettes is is explaining how whenever she would be in a room full of five men and her, a letter would would be addressed to all of the men's names and etc. And I was the etc. The sexism that she just casually experienced every day to day, her Me Too movement where someone forced her in like an elevator, it was a horrible experience for her and I'm not going to go into it, but a kind of a man put her in a really uncomfortable position and the way that she touches on these things because throughout it all, although she's explaining her life and how amazing it was, she's very honest. She's very honest about the inner workings of her anxious brain and you can really... I could relate to the way she was saying things and the way she was thinking about things made me look at my own anxiety in a much more detached way, seeing it from an outsider's point of view. Because you can start arguing like, oh, you shouldn't have thought like that. That's not how it is. That's not true. And it's made me realise how when I can sometimes feel anxious, that must be what people think like to me. It's not that bad. It's like, it, it was really, really interesting. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Because as the book increases, her anxiety, and I, I think she maybe had a bit of depression. It's never explicitly said in the book, just as her anxiety is never explicitly said in the book. But you kind of get the feel that she is slightly depressed from as the book goes on. Because of the kind of imagery that she uses, the way she describes certain things and their impact on her life and the conversation that she uses and how overwhelmed she's getting. And I just loved how she portrayed that in the narrative narrative voice. I felt like she really made something that is really hard for people to comprehend still. Like mental illness is really hard for people to understand. It's really hard for people to gain how overwhelming it can be and how much it can dominate everything. And I loved how, as the vignettes go on, this kind of dominating factor of her mental health becomes more and more hard to ignore. And how you can hear that in the tiny vignettes, how you can hear that in the stories, how you can hear her voice getting more and more overwhelmed with these parts of life. And the culmination of the book and how the book entire links together start to finish, you don't realise until the end. And I think that is so smart. I think it's brilliant. It's a really, really well-written book and I would highly recommend for everyone to read it, especially if this is something you're interested in or if you want to understand a little bit more about anxiety and mental health but you're not interested in kind of a scientific or a typical autobiography. This is much more of a... It feels almost like a creative piece of writing that it's a fiction book but you know it's not. It's her autobiography and I think that's what makes it so much more interesting to read. So I would highly, highly recommend that. But... And other news, I think that is the end of the podcast. Um, Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure if you do, you leave a review or you rate me five stars, please. Thank you. Um, Or you subscribe. I am on Anchor, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
Make sure you're also following me on Instagram at you've got mail and school pod and the same on TikTok at you've got mail and school pod. And if you want to get in touch or you have any feedback, I would love to hear your thoughts. So please don't hesitate to send me a message. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.